Police officers know it only takes a few seconds of someone texting and driving for things to go terribly wrong. That's why officers are increasing enforcement of texting and driving laws. So put your phone down when driving, or be prepared for the consequences. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by NHTSA. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the following edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan, a Tuesday edition of the show, here from the beautiful Attention Era Media Studios in downtown Milwaukee. How are we doing today, sir? I'm doing okay, Baxter. How about yourself? You know, I'm hanging in there as well, too. It's Tuesday, but it kind of feels like a Monday for some reason. I don't know why, but it's, uh, it's a good day to be alive, that's for sure. Absolutely. Always is. We've got a great show in store for you today coming up in our third segment at 12.26 Central Time. Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC will be here with us to get the show uh, a little bit more in-depth look at what's going on only in MLS, but uh, why everybody cares about Wayne Rooney and the England national team, So, among other things, of course. But we have a great show for you, and we want to get right into it. We do want to remind you, of course, that we are now on our new schedule. You can hear us on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, live here on Spreaker.com. And you can get our show on demand anytime by visiting our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, and, of course, by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Vavil USA, and the Sports Podcasting Network as well. Yeah, Baxter, you can also find us on Facebook, 2upfront. You can find us on Twitter, at 2upfrontsoccer. We also have our own Twitter handles, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. All right, Simon, a couple of good things to get to right away on the program uh, during our kick-around segment. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting thing swirling around right now, an interesting rumor about a possibility of a Canadian Premier League. Uh, kind of a, an odd statement when you think about the Canadians having enough teams to potentially have their own standalone league. I've heard rumors that it would be similar levels to what MLS is trying to do. I've also heard that it's going to be more of like a lower league, like Toronto FC2 would play in this and stuff like that. I, I'm not exactly sure where it's going. I don't think it can compete. With MLS, obviously, but no, they, they, I don't know what's going on with it. The CSA has come out already and said we're not doing this to compete with MLS. Well, they wouldn't and, win either way. Well, they wouldn't. There's no way they would. And I, I think there's too many contracts for uh, Montreal and Vancouver and TFC that they have with MLS. I mean, it'd have to be a huge payout for them to leave the league, first of all. But second of all, those teams don't exist unless MLS exists. Uh, but TFC has come out and said, yeah, we're, we wouldn't be putting... Toronto FC, our first team in this league. The CSA has come out and said we're not competing with MLS. Their idea is right now is, is, is looking to either partner up with the US, USL and become their own division in USL or receive help from USL and, and become a Premier League that way. So it would still be a lower-level league, but it would at least get other teams in Canada perhaps up a little higher. And look, you know, Canada once again failed to get into the World Cup. They need to develop their players, not just on three MLS teams, but teams throughout the country. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that one. I mean, the, the thought of having Canadian Premier League is certainly intriguing because it's obviously good to continue to see soccer grow, through, you know, all across the world, of course, especially in North America. And Canada is one of those many places that needs that extra boost because Montreal, Vancouver, and TFC have all done all that they can do, aside, of course, from Ottawa and other places, too. I don't want to take anything away from those players and those teams. But the Canadian Premier League, it's never going to be a big thing. I don't feel like. No, and actually, I don't, I don't think they're aiming for that. But why call it a Premier League? You throw that title in, and all of a sudden people are assuming that it's going to be a big deal. I, I disagree. I think it's relative to the country. For them, for them, it would be their Premier League. It would be. But because, then, it was, it, because it would be purely only Canadian teams. There would be no U.S. teams in this league. Well, then, almost, then why would you not want to pull your TFC, your Montreal, and your Vancouver teams to be a part of your Premier League? Because you can't. Contract-wise, you can't. How long are they tenured in there, though? Well, it, they're in MLS. If they're to leave MLS, they're going to have to pay that $200 million fee or, or more to exit. That is true. But at the same time, I could see Don Garber almost wanting that because he wants to continue to expand. 
at the same time. So Don would be like, look, we might lose money, but we'll get it back yeah, immediately. I don't think Don cares about if there's teams in Canada or not as far as no, expansion. But he's he going to expand get, anyways. And that's what I'm saying, but he's talking about capping it at 28. Suddenly he would have three more spots that he could he's get back up He's talked about capping it at 20. He's talked about capping it at 24. He's talked about capping it at 20. They've already come out and said they're going to go. They're going to shoot for 32 teams. He uh, Last I had heard, he said 28. Yeah, so they're, they're up to 32. If so they're I'm, already up to 32, then he needs to figure something out. So I'm telling you that they, uh, they're going to they'll keep expanding as far as people want to keep paying the expansion fees. Well, then you're going to have to get into that pro rel talk at some point. Then you can't have a 30-40 team league and have it all be under under one. You just can't. It's too many teams. <laughs> Why? Because that's not how soccer works. It's different with other sports, but soccer is a different sport like that. Baseball it, doesn't have... 30, it's handled different in the U.S. the way it is already. Yeah, but when the whole promoter, everything like that, it's just, it doesn't work. And the USL has already filed for second division status right. anyway. So if, they, if that gets approved, then why not just make it that way instead? Instead of trying make to it, have... Make it what way? Make it have, instead of the 40-some teams, just have the fact that some USL teams can be bumped up if they need to. Instead of trying to have 40, 50, 60 MLS teams. That doesn't make sense. I, I'm going to disagree that it doesn't make sense because... They're, the talent pool is going to continue to go down. You can't. It's have a, a worldwide you, talent pool. It doesn't matter. Sure, it does. MLS is not that good, considering how good other leagues. No, are. No, but if you, if you keep expanding, you raise the salary cap. I'm just being devil's advocate. Yeah, here. no, I'm, I know. What you're I'm saying. forcing you to come up with a better argument other than it doesn't make sense. No, it just it will never compete with what Spain and Italy. Soccer is not the best sport in the United States. Sure. It never will be. I disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I think that it will always play second fiddle. Listen, to it doesn't have to be the it doesn't have to be the biggest league in the United States to, to be the 40, to be the best teams. to to end up being the best league in the world. Yeah, I think it does. I think why it, because you've you've got the United States arguably one of the most powerful countries in the world. Sure. on all fronts, if the entire country is not behind it, it's not going to it's not going to excel. Baxter, you weren't alive in the 80s when soccer was nothing, basically. Yes, and now where we're at today is yes. amazing. Oh, I, I and, understand and, that. And you keep getting more and more of a bigger fan pool because these kids now, these third-generation kids, mm-hmm. uh, this is their first-choice league, is MLS. That's an not, argu- that's, not, that's a debatable. No, it's not. Look at the ESPN <laughs> survey that was done. 12 to 18-year-olds, year, their yes. favorite league is Major League Soccer. Not, not baseball. Where were those kids football. located that they surveyed, though? It was all over, Baxter. Mm. I'm giving you evidence. You're not giving me anything other than your opinion on this. No, I know. I'm just speaking clearly based off of how I know the Millennium Generation is, since I am part of said generation. Sure. So, you're, but you're one generation of, of this bigger equation I that we're talking that, about. I understand that, but by the time we were to expand to 35, 40 teams, generations similar to yours and older are going to be much older and not necessarily care as much about how soccer is. I don't understand what you mean by that. Your generation is dying faster than my generation is. Sure. So but I, you're, there's more in your generation that care about yes. soccer because of my generation. And, and there's more in my generation sure. because of the generation previous to us. So what I'm saying is as MLS gets bigger, as it gets more popular, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's going to keep speeding up. The, if, if you look at the graphs and the charts, uh, and it, even the sports director or one of the program directors for, for ESPN even said... There is nowhere but up, and it continues to go up. And the only league in this country right now yes. that that has any type of upward swing mm-hmm. is Major League Soccer. The I other agree. leagues have capped out already. I know, but at some point you're going to have to cap MLS, though. No, no, no. I'm talking about interest. I'm not talking about teams. I'm talking about interest. You can't cap interest. Well, no, of course not. The interest continues to grow. That's why other sports are obviously still around. Is because there's still of sure. course interest in it. Either way, it can go a lot of different ways. Regardless of that, though, we still have other things we need to talk about, aside from the fact of how many teams and Canadian Premier League and all that stuff. So, well, I just want to get to one thing, though. Yes. Why, if, if, if that ends up being... It's also a marketing thing with the Canadian Premier League, yes. if that's what they call it. First of all, there's nobody saying that that's what they're actually going to no, call it. No, of course not. The idea is, is that beyond the three MLS teams, because Garber has said he doesn't want to do any more expansion into Canada, mm-hmm. and I think this is actually part of the equation. Yeah. Is, I don't know where else you'd go, Is anyway. because that would be the top of... That would be the top league for Canada. So that's mm-hmm. why I say it's relative to Canada. That would be their premier league. Yeah. I just think it's a step back if you're Canada, though. You're not going to bring your best. The best Canadian players aren't going to go play in Canada. They don't want to. They're, they want to play at the highest level possible, which will never be Canada. But, if they want to play second fiddle to MLS. But they're, they're, they're not looking to compete with MLS. I they're know. They're looking to develop that. more Canadian players. So, you, many, so you're, you're not going to have yeah. all your, you know, it's. 
in order to be able to get to the top teams, which will be the three MLS teams, you need to develop better players. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? By expanding a league and a league that more of the country is going to care about, rather than having all these teams and all these separate leagues. Yeah. No, I, and I agree with you on that sense. I just don't feel like the Canadian Premier League will ever get to that exact level of what the Canadians are hoping it will be. Because the best players of any nation rarely want to play in their I think own I, nation. I'm going to argue with you again. You're misreading this. They're not talking about having the best um, best Canadian no, players I know. playing you're in saying this they, league. You, you're saying they want to develop. Right. And I, I get that. But if you've got a young, promising Canadian star who has the opportunity to go play in Italy and right. Spain... and they're going to tell them to do that. Yes, exactly. So it's hard to say that their league is going to be based around development when the best players will already be gone anyway, not even developing in Canada. So who are you developing if your best players are already gone? The players who aren't gone. Well, then why are you developing so Why do you them? have MLS? You've got plenty of national team players on the uh, on the U.S. team mm-hmm. that didn't start in MLS. They started elsewhere. Yes. Well, I know there's been that migration now, obviously, and more people want to play in the United States, though, for the United States men's national team because it's obviously working in terms of how Jurgen Klinsmann does it. And it's all based off the national team coach as well, too. I don't know anything about the Canadian national team coach. They don't coach. have one right now. <laughs> That's why I don't know anything about them. Okay. I don't know. Either way, we've exceeded our, our time limit for this segment. So when we come back, we'll actually talk about some other things uh, in related to the U.S. Women's National Team. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Feb, right after this. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Moving into the women's game, the NWSL. Obviously, as we mentioned, third segment, Jeff Carlisle. He'll be here at 12.26 Central Time. ESPN FC's senior writer. You're not going to want to miss it. We've got some great stuff in store for you with that. So he'll be here in the next segment. We're going to focus now on the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. There have been some interesting articles coming out about who the next 11, the next however many players that Jill Ellis should potentially think about calling up for the U.S. Women's National Team. We can we can talk about NWSL playoffs, but we've got Thursday for that, Simon. I feel like the playoffs, those games, are still a couple of days away. There's some budding things going on about the next generation, potentially, along with rumors of potential strikes and other things going on for the Women's right. National Team. So I think we should focus on that today, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, I agree with you. So do you have? Th- would you rather focus on certain things? Do you want to talk about the 11 players first? Do you want to talk about the strike? No, let's, let's, let's start with go? something positive. Let's, let's start with the 11 players that people have been writing articles about. Yeah, so Fox Sports and 442, among others, have been doing some great articles about uh, who... Jill Ellis needs to call in from the NWSL. Not just women's soccer, so no, the NWSL. That's why it's there. That's why you know, supposedly the league was, was brought around. So there's been a couple of reoccurring names uh, on both on a lot of these lists. Um, Kalia Ohai from the Houston Dash, one of the league-leading goal scorers. Uh, she's got 10 goals this season in, in NWSL. She was a top draft pick last season uh, in the draft, of course, and she's been the real catalyst for the Dash this season among other people. Similar to her, too, Lynn Williams of Western New York Flash uh, is also on this list. Shea Groom, uh, Erica Tamrak, Vanessa DiBernardo, Christine Naren, who we've had on the program before, Lauren Barnes, Casey Short, who was on last week, uh, Emily Mengus, Haley Kopmeyer, and there's a couple of honorable mentions, Jessica McDonald, among others, Rose Levine, and uh, a couple of others as well, too. So that's just based off of one of these articles. It's mostly the same players, maybe another name or two tossed in here and there, depending on what list you look at. But we really care specifically, more so from NWSL, who is potentially getting that call up. Yeah, you know, the person I would focus on, and not just because she's been on our show, but Casey Short for the Chicago Red Stars. When we asked her about, has Jill Ellis contacted you at all, she kind of laughed at that that question was even posed, but I tell you what, she's she's one of the main reasons Chicago has been so stellar with their back line. Yeah, and we again we kind of joked about it. At the same time, I was very serious about it that 
with the way her and Julie Johnston play together on Chicago, yeah. why would you not call her up? Why would you not take advantage of that season-long chemistry and put those two together mm-hmm. on the women's national because team? Because you have Becky Sauerbrunn, who's arguably the best center back in all of women's soccer. Doesn't mean she doesn't. Get, Casey Short doesn't get called up. At That's least, true, uh, but at Casey's least. probably not going to play, though. If, you, if she gets a call up, though, and you have Becky, Julie, and Casey, Casey's going to be on the bench every single time. Yeah. Why not as a sub, though? No, that is, that is right. very possible, right. obviously, but... You know, depending on what you're looking for. I mean, obviously, Becky could not get called up or Julie could not get called up. And, of course, Casey will have the opportunity to play, of course. But the big argument that this article makes against Casey is that she's had back-to-back season-ending injuries as well, too. So Jill Ellis might be looking at her saying, you know what, Casey, you're a great player, but you're kind of damaged goods, unfortunately. I can't potentially risk a call-up if you're just going to get hurt you know, next week. But that's the, that's, that's, that's anything. Anybody could get hurt at any exactly. given day. So, yeah. I mean, really, if, if, if she holds that against her, I think that's silly. Yeah. I think, I think oh, it's I irresponsible, to be honest I with you. I would agree with you on that one. And it's, it's so hard because you look at this list, you look at some of the talented attacking players, and you just kind of have to laugh because you're like, look, you're not going to make this team because that's just not how the U.S. women's national team system works. Right. You could be... You know, Ojai or any of these other gals could have 20 goals in NWSL this year. They might get humored for one call-up, but they're not going to make the national team. It's not, they're not Alex Morgan. They're not, they're not the marketing campaigns. They're not the, the, the faces of what women's At the same is. time, Baxter, how did the U.S. do in their last Olympics? Yeah, exactly. They lost in the quarterfinals to a team they should have beaten. Exactly. So, so calling up these players, I don't think, uh, should be that far of a stretch. It's... Oh, and I agree with you on that one. I have no argument against that. I, I'm just saying some, we've kind of seen the consistency of Jill Ellis, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. think is a little disheartening at times, depending on who you talk to. And I was definitely on the pro Alice train when she first came around, but she's been a little bit... Fav- I mean, the whole Megan Rapinoe at the Olympics, there was no reason for that. There was a billion other players capable of you know playing her position you know a thousand times better than she did. She ended up being hurt too, so it was like, why are you? Why did you waste a pick on her when you had other gals like you know Kelly O'Hara or Sam Mewis that were there as reserves right. but didn't see the field that could have made a big right. impact? And part of it is is every coach is going to call in their veterans that are yeah. there mainly for leadership more than anything else. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I I would like to see Christine Naren also of the uh, I think of so. Washington. No, I think Christine is a great player. She she's only 25, which some people will say, "Oh, she's about halfway through her career." Well, yeah, so any sport that you play, if you're in your mid 20s, you're getting towards the middle part of your career. You have to be injury-free, perfect health yeah, to go time, into though, like for, 30s. You know, for for women's soccer, it's they they tend to start calling players up. There's always been a few exceptions, but yeah. they tend to start calling female players up around the age of 22. So being 25 is is not that far off. And for you know a lot of players, they actually start peaking around 28, 29. Mm-hmm. So you bring her in now, but I think 442 makes a great point here that she's probably going to suffer the same fate that Keelan Winters of the Seattle Reign did in that uh, fantastic player but just couldn't break into the national team because of who's ahead of her. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. I mean, you look, this is, this is the arguments, these are the articles that I wish we could consistently have with the men's national team. And I know that there's men's national team fans out there that are yelling at me right now, like, we have that. No, we don't have this kind of depth. We just right, don't. Right, we right. don't have these many talented players. We don't have a laundry list of players at almost every position that could potentially go on the field and win us a, an international championship on almost any given day. We just don't have that at no, the men's national no, team. Not at all. We're lucky if we're even too deep at certain, you know, like that are like elite players or right. close to being elite players. No, I, I still, I, you know, overall, I would like to see a lot of these younger call, players called yeah. in, uh, especially for a lot of these friendlies where you can give them a chance. You don't need exactly. to call up your superstars Just because they get game. called up, that doesn't mean that right. they're tied to the national team forever. No. Exactly. It's just, you know, and again, going back to like a Casey Short, yeah, she may not start, but give her the opportunity to at least be on that bench to, to show what she can do in a camp and give her a friendly. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, even guys on here like Lauren Barnes, too, from Seattle. She's been consistent. Emily Mengus, you know, Haley Kottmeyer, who's been Seattle Reigns goalkeeper this season while Hope Solo's been gone. She's proven that, hey, I, it's kind of the Aaron Rodgers-Brett Favre syndrome a little bit, too. She's been sitting behind a, a veteran Hall of Fame player, more than likely, against whoever's better judgment. And you know, you, she's learned from the best. And she's proven to Seattle that she can be one of the league's best this season as well, too. So a potential someone that, you know, depending on if Hope ever gets... Back within favor of Jill Ellis, she can say, you know what, look, I might be done, but this gal, Haley, I've worked with her all season long or for, uh, when I was at Seattle. Give her at least a look because she sure, knows what she's doing. Sure, but again, there too, uh, you know, since we're playing devil's advocate with each other, yeah. you got somebody like Ashlyn Harris in goal right now well, exactly. who's, who's amazing. Ashlyn so. Harris, even and her, her, the worst of the two, Alicia, Alyssa Nair. <laughs> 
You know, right there. It's right. So again, it's a you, great problem. If you've to have. got your two go- two goalkeepers, do you call in yet another one no. when when you don't need to? No, that's, you that's don't. The problem because there. these gals, Alyssa and Ashlyn, have worked their butts off their entire career, sitting right. behind a home solo, waiting for an opportunity like this where they can finally have the battle just between themselves right. and be like, all right. Let's actually settle this. Who's the better goalie? And even still, it's just these two in camp. It's not and Hope Solo. Exactly. So I yep. think that that plays it in a whole another way. So there's a lot of really good players. Obviously, uh, you know, UW, uh, B- Madison Badger player, uh, Rose Lavelle, I think is a great player. She's young. She's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that I think would just be fun to have on the team. I think she's only a junior as well, too. She's done some U23 duty well, uh, and she's you know she's got some good first team minutes as well, but... You know, it's just it's the younger generation. I mean, that's great that you are a dynamic young striker at a Division One level that's tearing it all up. But when a gal named Alex Morgan is still ahead of you on the depth chart, and then you think about it, Sydney Larue finally had her baby, so congratulations, Sydney. How fast do you think she's going to be back in training and back in trying to get herself into elite shape? And then you've got Amy Rodriguez. You know, well. I. Do you think Alex Morgan really, though, is doing that well? No, I don't, but it's Alex Morgan. It's it, That has nothing to potentially do with how well she's doing. It's the fact that you take the face of U.S. soccer right now is Alex Morgan. That's why, you know, even when Landon... Well, that's it, why they would think it was such an uproar when Landon Donovan, I think, didn't make the men's national team for the World Cup as well, too, is Klinsman looked at the player side of him and said, well, he's doing okay, whatever. I disagree. I think that... I, I'm, I'm speaking from him. I agree right, with you. I'm right. pro-Donovan on this one, but I'm saying Klinsman probably looked at Donovan and said, look, he's a little bit older. We've got some other guys. I'm going to play the house this way. Don't necessarily want to deal with, with, all that, with all that chaos and which potentially happened. If Alex Morgan didn't make a team and she's fully healthy, there's going to be rioting in the streets and Jill Ellis is going to get burned at the stake, regardless of how good Alex is playing or not. I get it. I, I totally, sure. I totally but I, get it. But I don't it. think, I don't, that's not Jill Ellis's job to consider that. If she's really looking at it from a cur- commercial point of view, well, they failed. They, yeah. they didn't get past the quarterfinals. Their commercial appeal, Yeah. Big I agree. Time dropped. I completely agree. Um, you had one other fast thing you wanted to talk about really quick. Well, not we fast, but we don't have time. I just wanted to talk about Jack Jewsbury. Uh, announced his retirement. Yeah. And uh, he deser- certainly he almost deserves a whole segment himself, not because he's a timber. Listen, he spent half his career with Sporting Kansas City, but players like him have meant so much to this league. Yep. Uh, MLSer for life, was one of the first players for the Portland Timbers. Helped them obviously win a championship. Championship. Many people wrote him off as he got older, but he continued to come in as a sub and play fantastically. He's a class so, player. hats off to Jack Jewsbury. He'll be retiring at the end of the season. Portland will greatly miss him, and uh, just another player that Portland's going to have to try to figure out how, somehow how to replace. Exactly. All right, we're going to run to a break when we come back. Jeff Carlisle's here from ESPN FC. Stay tuned. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Back rack after this. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Back here at the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We've had a bit of a feisty show today, Simon. We've been kind of... 
picking at each other a little bit, but uh, not as bad as Rachel Wood was last week, I feel like, when you and her were both barraging me with different things. Yeah, but That was so much fun, though. I'm sure it was. I'm glad somebody had a good time with it. Uh, my goodness. Either way, Simon, we have a great and unique opportunity here to uh, welcome in a gentleman that knows far more about the soccer world than you and I pretend to do on a daily basis. That's right. Uh, we get to speak with ESPN FC senior writer Jeff Carlisle. He joins us on the program now. Jeff, good afternoon, sir, and welcome to Two Up Front. Hey, thanks very much. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing well, Jeff. It's a beautiful day here in, uh, in Milwaukee, so it's, uh, life is good, that's for sure. Awesome. So, Jeff, uh, one of the big things that you, of course, have been talking about and a lot of other uh, soccer pundits and heads has been the injury to Frank Lampard for NYCFC after how well he was playing. Uh, he was scoring goals. NYCFC looked like they might kind of take the, the league by storm this season. And now he finds himself without potentially three to four weeks. Is this is this a total detriment to the team, or what is NYCFC looking at now with uh, with Lampard being hurt? Well, certainly it's a big blow, um, you know. But it's not it's one that you know they have a little bit of experience dealing with, uh, you know, because obviously he was hurt for you know a lot of the front half of the season. So uh, you know, guys like Kyrie Shelton and Tommy McNamara, McNamara. I mean, those guys are going to have to step up. Um, then a little bit more, the the scoring burden I think is going to be have to be taken on by uh, by David Villa. But uh, you know, obviously, you know he he's not a he's not a bad option to have. I was going <laughs> to say, if you had to pick MLS, somebody, so. be like, oh, we only have to use David Villa now. Oh darn! Right. Like, it's a it's certainly a good thing to have. It, they're considering it a low grade strain of the of, of of some sorts here. If he if he doesn't come back. Let's just play devil's advocate and say he doesn't come back at all, and he's done for the year for some reason because he's notorious sometimes for just happening to be hurt when it when it counts. Do they is the playoff chances completely like gone for NYCFC? Are they get, would they even survive a, a two game series, or how how important is he to this team right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I would look at them as a, a playoff team, but but one that wouldn't make a deep run because um, I, I think a guy like Frank Lampard, you know, the way he was playing, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of a cliche, but he, he was a difference maker. I mean, just, just the way that he was contributing to the attack, you know, with his late runs out of midfield. Um, and I, he's the kind of guy that, that made players like, you know, Jack Harrison and, and McNamara around him a lot better. Um, and, and again, it, it gave them a little bit more balanced scoring and uh, a little bit more balanced attack, too. So, uh, you know, I think that is the difference between – being an MLS Cup contender and, and being a team that, that just makes the playoffs. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, this, this will certainly be a, a test of, you know, Patrick Vieira and his managerial skills and, and whether he can, he can maximize the, the output of guys like Shelton and McNamara. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what happens going forward. But, um, you know, for me, I, I think it would be, you know, just too big a blow for them to really be considered uh, MLS Cup contenders. This is two up front talking on the shopfutsal.com call in line with Jeff Carlisle. Jeff, shifting gears a bit, you had just reported yesterday that Atlanta United is, is in talks with former Argentinian national team manager. Is it Gerardo Martino? Is that how you say it? Yes. Um, and also in contention for that job, or Siggy Schmidt's been obviously sitting around waiting as well for uh, perhaps a coaching position. Do you do you have any further updates on that? And I'd also like to ask your opinion on that. Of if if those were the two guys they get to choose between, who do you think would be most effective to start with? Well, I mean, I think you know, at this stage, Martino is is Atlanta's first choice. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, obviously he's, he's a big name, and I don't think you really go after a guy like that. You know, if you don't have the intention of, of giving him the job now, you know, I think Ziggy Schmidt is a, a heck of a fallback option. Um, you know, if you can't get Martino, but, right, um, yep. you know, I, the people that I've talked to, you know, they keep emphasizing the deal isn't done, but they, you know, they should know, you know, by the end of the week that, uh, you know, you know, what direction they're going to go in. So, uh, you know, I have heard that they've talked to other people. Um, you know, one guy whose name has not come up is, uh, Adrian Heath. Um, you know, obviously he has a relationship with Paul McDonough, who's, you know, Atlanta United's technical director. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously they work together at Orlando, so I, I think, you know, the logical assumption was that Heath would, um, you know, be a, a big-time candidate. But, uh, you know, it, at the moment, it looks like Atlanta's going in a little bit different direction. And, you know, if they can't get Martino, I, I, you just look at Ziggy Schmidt's track record in terms of, you know, navigating that first expansion season with, with Seattle. 
how well he did there. And obviously he's he's won uh, you know, MLS Cup and Supporter Shield doubles in in both LA and Columbus. So you know he's got an incredible track record of success in this yeah. league. And uh, so you know you could you know there's a lot he ticks a lot of boxes. You know if you're Atlanta United and you're just starting out. Yeah, it certainly is interesting. I know some people have said that. Uh, they wish that Siggy would have stayed on through Ladero being brought on, and, and some people wonder if he if he would have been there. Could they even be doing better than they are? And they're they're doing quite well. Uh, I guess the the only question I have for you is: there's been a history of foreign coaches just not doing well. Of course, we've seen some guys buck that trend, like Vieira at uh, yeah uh, Patrick Vieira, yeah Vieira at New York City FC. Uh, do you think Martino's one of those guys that that could also buck that trend? He could, um, because there's a lot of MLS know-how already in Atlanta's front office. Um, you know, you've got Carlos Bocanegra, who obviously played in the league um, and has you know just a lot of experience in and around uh, you know the U.S. soccer culture, if you will. And then you've got McDonough, who you know worked as an agent, you know, prior to taking up the the job in Orlando, and, and obviously he's another guy who who navigated that expansion year. Um, you know, it was a little bit different scenario because, you know, obviously Orlando was in the USL prior to that. Uh, so that, you know, they had a little bit more infrastructure in place, if you will. But, uh, you know, certainly in, in putting together a roster, you know, McDonough is a guy who, who's going to know what the pitfalls are and, and, the, and what the do's and don'ts are. And so, you know, it, you know, he's, he's another guy who I think, uh, you know, could, you know, mitigate the lack of knowledge that a, a Gerardo Martino would have. So, uh, you know, it's it's possible. I mean, you know, and you look at Patrick Vieira, you know, his success this year. I I think that's, you know, obviously he's a talented coach, but I, I think it's just as much down to the people above him making better decisions, making better acquisitions. You know, I remember talking to Claudio Reyna before the start of the season, and he admitted to me that, you know, because it was kind of a a race to put a team together before the start of the season. You know, they, they. I think they took some guys that they wouldn't normally have taken, mm. but you know, they they just had to get a, a team on the field, so they're in a little bit of a race against the clock. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I you know, I think, you know, not only has VR done a good job, but I think you know the New York front office has has learned its lessons from the expansion season and and just brought in better complementary parts around guys like Lampard, like Pirlo, like Villa. Right, you know, Atlanta obviously off the field has certainly been making a lot of right moves. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. One other thing we want to talk to you about here, Jeff, before we have to let you run because uh, we're up against the time crunch. If you can kind of quickly help summarize why the heck people in the U.S. care so darn much about Wayne Rooney and what the heck's going on with the with the English national team, I, is it what's <laughs> what's the fascination about? It? I understand, obviously, of course, who Wayne Rooney is and the the the, the level he brings to the game. But yeah, it's like you get it at a club level. But, why but why do we why do we care? Why why do why do we Americans care? Why do we? Don't we have other things to worry about? <laughs> you would think, but you know, I, I think there's there's a natural affinity. I think for the English Premier League um, in the United States. I mean, obviously, there's a common language. Uh, you know, people have, have adopted teams. You know, just to to kind of get into the league, and and obviously, when you think about the success that the Manchester United had over the years, you know, when Sir Alex Ferguson was at the helm. You know, I, I think you you had a lot of people become Manchester United fans. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know some of them. I mean, I'm not a Manchester United fan myself. God but, bless you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Thank you. you. About, Smart play. Yeah, when you think about the like the latter part of of uh, Ferguson's tenure there, I mean, Wayne Rooney was a huge part of that success, and mm. uh, and also a big part of the of the of what was going on with the England national team. So, uh, so I think. You know, he's a big name. He's got a long history with that club. Uh, and so I, I think there's just a, a natural fascination with, uh, with, with that player and with that club and, 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 uh, and what Jose Mourinho is going to have to do because it's, it, it's proving to be <laughs> a, a tough puzzle to put together when you think about what Paul Pogba does well and what Ibrahimovic does well and then also what Rooney does well. And certainly there's some, some signs, you know, at this point in the season. Now, granted, it's way early. Yes. Uh, We're only played, what, four games, the, the five games? don't fit together. Yeah, so. exactly. No, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you taking a little bit of time on the program today. Sorry it had to be so rushed, but we appreciate your insights. Uh, before we let you go, where can people find your work, and where can they find you on social media, sir? 
Uh, they can find me on Twitter at um, at Jeffrey Carlisle. Uh, so that that's one where, place where they can find me. And then if, if they just go to to ESPNFC.com and you know they can just do a search on my name, Jeff Carlisle, and uh, that'll that'll bring up an archive of, of all the stuff that I've done, all the articles that I've written. So which which by uh, the way, excellent article on Deadra Yedlet. It's also it's so great to see you get in and and to know some of the inner workings of what's going yes, on over there yep, at Newcastle. Absolutely. Really awesome. Yeah, it was it was a fun piece to do, and, and he was he was very accommodating. I mean, obviously, I, I talked to him when the team was in St. Vincent, so uh, and obviously they had a game to prepare for. So it's it's always uh, you know you're always appreciative when a player makes that kind of time. And you know, granted, uh, it wasn't the most high profile opponent, <laughs> but it was an important game. I mean, yeah. it was a game that they had to win. So uh, so yeah, so it was. Uh, It was great talking to DeAndre. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate your time. We are going to run to a break as well. When we come back, we'll dive into MLS a little bit more. FC Dallas, they've clinched a playoff spot, and we've got much more to talk about. Back with more on Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub after this. Inside the studio, two up front presented by Three Lines Pub. Rolling along from the beautiful Attention Era Media Studios here in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Hey, Baxter, you know, speaking of Three Lines Pub, they got uh, featured matches every weekend. Yes. Along, along with their partner pub, Red Lions Pub, who is also a sponsor of the show with our MLS predictions, mm-hmm. which you hear on Thursdays. Absolutely. Uh, they've, this week, Baxter, great game that they're featuring Arsenal and Chelsea, and one of, the ra- one of the reasons Classic. it's a great match to feature is it starts at 11.30, so oh. you don't have to get there at 6 o'clock in That's the morning. That's the best part about it, I know. It's, it's, it's great to know that you can actually go and see a high-quality featured Premier League match, of course, at uh, Three Lines and Red Lines Pub, and they also have some interesting things that they've got going on too, Simon, don't they? They do. they got some great drink specials, Baxter. they got uh, oh, who doesn't five, love a good $5 Surleys, $4 Kronbachers at both pubs, both Ooh. the Red Lines Pub and Three Lines Pub. You know, I, I've been to Red, uh, Three Lines Pub before, and I've had their ciders on tap, their yeah. strong bows. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good, so so good. Well, of course, we went to Red Lions Pub, yeah. which, uh, you know, just off the river, yeah. and got to play Beautiful a game area. of uh, of pool. Not, we did not just regular no, no, pool, no, no, no. Exactly. soccer pool on top of their <laughs> on top of their uh, whatever yeah. you want to call it, the top of the restaurant, the rooftop. Exactly. No matter which place you go to, I feel like it's just you feel like you're at home, but you also feel like you're really engulfed in the soccer experience. I think. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's what that's one. Amazing thing about Three Lions and Red Lion Pub as well, too. So we're grateful for their support on the show, and uh, we definitely recommend you go and check out their featured match on Saturday, Arsenal versus Chelsea, 11.30 with their drink specials. All right, uh, some MLS time now. Simon, uh, FC Dallas, they've officially clinched a playoff spot. One in, 11 to go. The playoffs 
ended today. FC Dallas got a first round bye. Technically, uh, it's it's exciting for and, FC Dallas, and they'd be uh, winning the supporter shield. And they would if the play if everything started officially today. They are at least three, if not four, points clear of every uh, other team. Well, I did misspeak, misspoke, misspeak. Ah, I did miss misspoketh. Yes, there we go. I'll say misspoketh. I like Perfect. that one. You sound more uh, sophisticated. Last week, uh, when I had said nobody can catch up with FC Dallas, actually Colorado has two games in hand. Mm. They're sitting on forty-seven points. Should they win their next two games, which I don't think they'll do, they'll probably draw them, but should they win their next two games, they would actually be a point above SC Dallas in the Supporter Shield race. How interesting is that? Uh, TFC, they've only got one game in hand. It would take a lot. They're, they're a they, point. They, yeah, yeah it'd be, still be two Same. points behind. Exactly. It would, it would take a lot of right and a lot of wrong. But impressive both. play by TFC without... Javinko. I mean, How? Josie Altidore yeah. has been stepping up big time. They had ha- the young Hamilton in there again yep. uh, this last weekend. and uh, We'll talk about another team that would technically have a first-round bye if the playoffs started today. That's TFC. They'd have the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. How, I mean, how crucial is Josie Altidore right now? He, he's the crux of the team yeah. right now. I mean, simply put. That's that's the easy way to put it. I feel like. I mean, even I think Juvinko actually was back in this game, or he did he? I don't remember he, if he. I, no, he didn't. He didn't. I don't think but, he's back but yet. There were rumors that he might have been. That's right. He didn't officially. Uh, but he'll come probably back. back this coming week. Uh, LA Galaxy as well, Baxter. Yeah. Yes, I know the big story is Landon that Landon Donovan, Donovan scored a goal. Woo! So now he's going to win MVP. <laughs> he's got one goal. <laughs> well, that was my favorite thing, too. After the goal, the announcers are like, change the graphic. He's got another goal. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Which, I mean. It's true. The, part of this, yeah. Part of the story to that is now he's he's broken his own, or he's added to his so, yeah. his league leading record. Did he technically break his own record? No, not technically. No, he's adding to his record That's right, now because he's an active player. That's right. Again, technically, That's right. Uh, but, but, but what a quality strike, though. Well, quality strike. But the bigger story is that the Galaxy, again, depending on what happens with the Rapids, but the Galaxy are second in the West right now. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Ah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody did, but nobody really saw where Colorado was coming from. You you predicted that they would get in the playoffs, right, right. but I don't think we I'm, saw I, them going this no, high. No, but I'm just talking about a month ago. Oh, no, not you, at You know, all. the Galaxy were not no looking chance. that grand. Then Dos Santos decided, I'm going to start scoring some goals. Yeah, why not? I feel like that's a, a at this point, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because I, I, I finally understand your pain in MLS fantasy, because last week I captained Giovanni Dos Santos, and he didn't play. He didn't play. So... Okay, my captain ban didn't transfer. Well, and here's so my captain sat on the yes. bench. And here's what's also like, weird. Because you know, I'm always like, how does this work? So you and I have yes. the same midfielder and same forward. Yes. I also played Dos Santos, though I captained Bradley Wright Phillips. Okay, okay. Yes, I know. So your sub was a zero from Colorado. That's who MLS Fantasy put in your team. I also have a zero. We both have mm. uh, Badgie from from Colorado. Colorado as well. Yeah. They put Badgie in for me instead of a zero. Explain that one to I me. I don't understand. I'm like, I feel like, but my, I'm like, why does the captain's band not just transfer? Well, who would they give it to? I think that's just, I Maybe think that's somebody why. in that position. Maybe this, another player in the position or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think they're probably looking at it going, it wouldn't be fair for us to choose. Exactly, because then it might just happen to work in a right. favor or not. I kind yeah. of think. I just was like, come on. I'm yeah, like, whereas, I got to say, it's pretty amazing. I'm up in first. I know, you're league. all the way up in first yeah. now after I've had a... An unfortunate run the last couple of weeks here, so I need to figure out my game. Otherwise, I, I might just be uh, content with the Champions League spot instead of, <laughs> instead of Europa. I don't know. Well, I have to say this, Baxter, uh, going back to MLS talk. And yes, it is my team, but critical, critical Big back-to-back win. wins for the Portland Timbers. Yeah. Uh, it keeps Seattle at bay. It keeps Vancouver at bay. It keeps them, obviously, very much so in the hunt for a playoff spot. Again, if season ended today, they're in the playoffs. Seattle has a couple of games in hand, but those tend to never work out in Seattle's favor. I agree. Okay, I'm curious to ask you about this fast. Let's look at if the playoffs did start today, because MLS.com, of course, is updating this by the minute. Uh, in the East, knockout round would be NYCFC, New England, Philly, Montreal. And then you've got your first uh, TFC and Red Bulls as your, your first round buys. Of those knockout round games, who wins in the East right now? NYCFC or the Revs, Philly or Montreal? I don't think it's Montreal. They've been on a, a downward spiral. Yeah, Philly would host that game, technically. And it's just a one and done. There's not like a series. Exactly. It's just a one and yeah. done knockout no, I think, round game. I think you'd have to go with Philadelphia on this one. Philly would probably win. And honestly, I feel like New England might might honestly pull away a somehow I, a victory. I, I, no, I wouldn't even say somehow. I think New England, surprisingly, has looked good these past Last few weeks three as games. well. They're yeah. on a three-game uh, win streak right now. And, and New York was good, but now there's that wild card of 
Lampard, Lampard and, no. and everything else that kind of tailors into it. I, How I about Rowe know. for New England? What a tear he went week. Oh, my <laughs> yes. goodness. I I was, yeah. I'm not even not even mad about that. Like that was a that was a that was a very complete game. Yes, I absolutely. feel like New England deserved yep. deserved deserve that win. All right, over on the West Fast, Colorado would host SKC, RSL would host Portland in that knockout, and then FC and LA or Dallas and LA would get the first and second round buys. Yeah, I I would see I would definitely see Colorado coming out ahead. Hmm. Playing I mean they're playing they're, at home. Playing at home at elevation. Yeah. Um Tim Howard is Playing fantastic for Colorado, though we'll see. They, they. I know we're going to get into this on Thursday, but they returned to Vancouver, where I believe that was Howard's first game in which he gave up two goals. Right, yeah. And then, uh, so I'd go with Colorado, and I'd have to say at this point, boy, Portland's back line has suddenly been amazing. Yeah, uh, Real Salt Lake has not looked well these last two weeks. So if we're basing it off purely today, I'd almost say Portland goes in and wins that game. I would think so, honestly. Portland, I think, would go over. I, it's so hard to know if Sporting Kansas City could actually put it together for a game, but I don't think they would survive a two-game series if, even if they did win. Listen, Colorado's defense is so great. They can hold off anybody right now. If they get one person to score a goal, they're more than likely going to win the game. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that one. So hypothetically, let's say Colorado and Portland win. Portland would have to deal with a two-game series with FC Dallas. Colorado would have to deal with L.A. for two games. Well, FC Dallas would love to have that game back because, of course, Portland beat them mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs. I do see... I, at right, right now, I still see FC Dallas going all the way through. I think their biggest challenger may be... The LA Galaxy. Yeah, I think so. Or potentially themselves. They've had a couple that's of true. different That's true. That's a great issues, way to say it. You know? yes. yep. you know, well, that's the thing. Even though you're kind of almost a given, given, quote unquote, but if you can't get out of your own way, potentially, that might be, might be an issue. I'll, I'll tell you what, Baxter. I'm going to go on the record as saying this now. If Portland doesn't, as, as long as Portland's in, obviously I'm cheering for them. If they don't make it to MLS Cup, I want to see FC Dallas win the Supporters Shield. I want to see them yeah, win MLS Cup because be I want really to see cool. a team complete the treble. I think that would be a, it's a very rare thing to take place. On the on the flip side of that, if it's not FC Dallas, I think it would be great for just an Eastern Conference team that hasn't won it either. I mean, none of these Eastern Conference teams have have won a championship. So uh, an MLS Cup. an MLS Cup, right? So I think it would be kind of a unique opportunity to see. Yeah, and to I'll, see one of I'll them. tell you what, from the East, I I. Well, it's tough to say. Right now, though, maybe be maybe fine. because if I have Bradley Wright Phillips yeah, as my say, captain, I'd be cheering for the would, Red Bulls. And I would agree with you on that one, too, depending on how the revolution do. I would be all. I would probably be on the Red Bulls train as well, too. I think it would be a Red Bulls FC Dallas or a Red Bulls Galaxy final, I think, would be a lot of fun to watch. I think so. And I think that's probably what we're going to get, too. Barring TFC just blowing everybody completely out of the water once Jovinko comes back, but we don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in when he comes back. And it would still, of course, be fun to see a Red Bulls... City semifinal. Eastern Conference. Yeah, Eastern Conference. Yeah. I hope so. Championship game. Part of me hopes for that, but part of me, of course, New England. But, of course, right. But but from a from a just a purely unbiased perspective, I think, yes, a Red Bulls, NYCFC, that would be a two-leg series that nobody would ever want to not see. Like, it would just be wall-to-wall exciting action. Um, all right, uh, one other final thing, too. I mean, obviously, Landon Donovan doing what he's doing. Is, is, it, is it enough? I mean, him scoring a goal... It's just kind of funny, I think, at this point. Well, it's funny, but hey, that's that's why they signed him to yeah. to He's doing manage exactly that midfield what's... or step up front and score. So. So there you go. That's yeah. what he's doing. I'd agree with you on that one. And then one other kind of LOL moment of the day is Christian Pulisic has officially been added to the MLS allocation ranking, and everybody's officially lost their damn yeah. minds <laughs> right. because they're like, somebody can sign him! No. <laughs> well, and other people are saying, this is ridiculous that they're doing it. Folks. It's how it it's works. Just, it's just... <laughs> Taking care of business, they're they're not saying that Pulisic is going to come and sign no, for MLS. No, they're just no. saying, hey, we got to get him in the allocation ranking so that way Chicago can't take him when Chicago's at the top of the allocation rankings. Yes, because that's I, what always happens to Chicago. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think it's funny too. Like the most like liked comment on this comment section is like a, a conversation between an MLS reporter and Pulisic, and the reporter says, "What are your thoughts about playing one day in MLS?" And Pulisic said, um, "I guess it's an option in the future, I suppose." And the reporter says, "Breaking news: Christian Pulisic is open to playing in MLS." <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's that's basically how it goes, honestly. It's, it's true. It but is true. Christian Pulisic starting again for Borussia Dortmund today. Like he's. So I asked you on Twitter because one of our did shows. Did you ask me on Twitter? I, I did. Oh. Maybe it was on Facebook. Uh, but I had said to you, okay, Baxter, has he finally done enough for you to prove that oh, he's the real deal? gotcha. Because in a previous show, you had said, hey, he hasn't done enough for That's me. That's right. Which I respect. Yeah. I respect. But um, I has think, he done enough for you? I still think it's... 
I'm very close. I need a little bit more consistency. With Dor- 90 with, minutes. With Dor- 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Goal, assist. Goal ended in assist. What more does a 17-year-old have to do for you? To do it more than just three or four games. Anybody He's can done put, it more than three or four games. Anybody can put together a five or six-game stretch. I need oh, a little bit man. more. Not, a, a not, bit more. A, not every 17-year-old can a do little that. Bit more. In the Bundesliga. A little bit and more. And for the U.S. national team. Look at the players around him supporting him, though, too. On the U.S. national team? No, on the uh, U.S. national team. He's the only player that does anything. But he still does everything. Exactly, because he's the only one with the ball. But nobody's... No, he's, he's got to get the ball fed to him. Sometimes. He just takes it away, too. Uh, you're just being petulant now. <laughs> it's payback. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we've got our new MLS Power Rankings for you. And we will close out the show as well. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Alliance Pub. Back with more after this. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Proven. All right, Simon Proven. We have some breaking news, sir. We do, Baxter. Very important breaking news that involves the Three Lines and Red Line Pub. Just announced, according at least to what we just received, is that Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, of course, have a match tomorrow at 3 p.m. And if you go to the Three Lines Pub, you can go and take a, a late lunch and trade in your business card for a free pint during the game. I love drink specials, Baxter. I love soccer and alcohol <laughs> at the same time. It's a win-win. So that is a bit of a late lunch. What am I doing tomorrow at 3 o'clock? I don't know. What, what is the, what's the special for, for two upfront hosts? We have business cards. I don't know if I can turn that in, though. They're like, hey. Sure, why not? We'll have to see, I guess. I don't know. Uh, are we considered family at this point? Maybe. Maybe we are. Maybe. We do have a great relationship with, uh, with our sponsors. I would agree with but you. But yeah, that. do check it out. It's another great way to go in there yeah. and get some great food. Great, Watch a great game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. Oh, who doesn't love a good Barcelona? Absolutely. Madrid game. I mean, there's three teams in La Liga. You might as well watch <laughs> exactly. two of them at the same time going <laughs> at it against each other. One of these days, they're going to figure out how to get all three teams on the field at the same That's time, right. I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, just to kind of go off of that, too, if you are interested at all in potentially sponsoring Two Up Front, you can go and check out our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com, or shoot us an email, twoupfrontsoccer uh, at gmail.com, of course. And you can hear the show. As you, as you know, we're on our new schedule, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, live here on Spreaker.com and on demand anytime on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Vavil USA's Sports Podcasting Network, Spreaker. We're all over the place, and it's, it's, a, it's a great time. And we promise to be somewhat entertaining and not yell at each other too much. Yeah, and we, we are in talks with at least one other company about possible, possible sponsorship. Yeah. We have plenty of segments that we, you know, we do on Tuesdays, we, we do on Thursdays. We sure may. So there's, there's always an opportunity. And uh, if, if you do own a business or you know somebody who does, or you just want to give us money to help you make this show even bigger. Business, folks. That's you, right. If you just have a couple of things and you just want to toss the money our way, we're happy to, to do something for you. And it's, you know, it's... It is all about, it's about the game of soccer. It's yes. about the city of Milwaukee, growing the game here. Uh, we love what we do, and, and if we could do it 
full-time someday, that would be fantastic. Exactly. That is certainly the goal. We both love our day dream. jobs, so and they're not even day jobs. They're our careers. We, we, love, our we careers. love our careers. We do. We love our careers. But, you know, someday, hey, yeah, why not? Exactly. I would love to get yelled at by Simon five days a week instead of just two days a week. <laughs> That's you know, a lifelong dream of mine. Really, it is. Anyway, it's time for our final segment here, our MLS Power Rankings and our closing thoughts. Simon, you've already scoffed at me off the air for who I have at certain places, but I yeah, see I did. a very interesting <laughs> thing as I change my tabs over. How interesting. I had to surprise you a little bit, yeah, Baxter. I know. You did, you, I'm a little surprised, actually, by, by some of your things here. So we have, we have the same five teams. This is very, very similar for the last, for mo- for, I'd say, for almost every single week. Yeah, there was maybe four weeks in our... That we were a little, little rogue right, at times, right. I think, when Columbus was doing well and other things. Either way, uh, so our power rankings this week, we both have FC Dallas at number five. I think we can both agree that, yes, they might have the best record in MLS, but they're not playing the best soccer. Well, right they're now. not, and just, just based on their last four games, yeah, they had two wins, but most recently they lost to Colorado, and they and that was at home in which they lost yep. to Colorado. And then they tie a weak New York City. F- no, I shouldn't say weak team. I mean, Lampard did play almost the entire first sure. half, but they didn't. They weren't playing their best football. We're play- yeah, they've lost two out of their last five games, which is not good. Right. You can't be a, a top three team in MLS and potentially and lose two out of your last and get shut out in those two losses as well, which is, I think, an even bigger thing. Right. Uh, number four, the New England Revolution. Three-game win streak. They're scoring goals in bunches. They yes. beat two of the best teams in the league. And then they just throttled Montreal as well. Kellen Rowe, player of the week in MLS. It seems to be going right for New England, which it means does. it's all going to go wrong the rest of the year now. Well, and not only that, I mean, again, a quality win. This all started with a quality win against yes. Colorado, 2 nothing, which shocked a lot of people. Yes, huge. Uh, you know, again, being in New York City FC back on September 10th, 3-1. to they looked well there, and of course, last week against Montreal, the three-one win. It was the Kellen Rowe show. Yeah, two goals. I think. Did he have? I forget if he had an assist on that. I on believe that he did Kamara as well. Goal. Just a, an overall complete performance. So New England, they are rolling. They are number four this week. They are number four. My number three, Baxter, as I pull it up here, is uh, the LA Galaxy. Hmm. They're still a little bit weak in the midfield, so I'm not completely sold on them yet, which is why I have them at number three. Uh, And part of that reason, I'll just jump ahead here, is I am shocked by how well TFC continues to play without Javinko. I think... I'm not. We, I don't think we have been proven wrong on many levels by that. Yes. You know, they they had that loss to Montreal one zero, but they've bounced back, beating Chicago two to one, and that was that was at Chicago. And then they draw with a very strong New York Red Bulls in a game that looked like they were going to lose, but they yeah. kept scraping back. Yeah, no, I would have to agree with you. I mean, so obviously TFC is my number three, LA is my number two. Uh, it's there's a couple of different things you can say. I think I mean when you when you when you come from behind, it, it says two things. One, you didn't play well. And then, and then on the other side, it says, hey, this team doesn't just go away. They don't roll over and just fall apart, which L.A. didn't do. So I think both L.A. and TFC, it's it's so hard. If I could share a number two spot or if I could share a 2.5 or something, like L.A. and yeah, TFC are right. kind of on that same level that. for me. I, I don't feel like if, if this was a two-game series, I'd have to say let's go to three games because I, I, I think one would win each game. Right. I don't think there would be right. a clear winner. We do the old-fashioned mini games, the fifteen-minute exactly <laughs> something like that. I mean, so I yeah. Even though LA is my number two and TFC is my number three, they're basically the same thing. And right, in total, right honesty. there with you, right so, there with you. And I I could see how people might have an argument with our number one though, with the fact that they continue to blow leads, and that's the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, but those people are wrong because the New York Red Bulls are on a unbeaten streak, yes. a, a historical unbeaten streak for them. It's the first time in club history that they have gone 12 games without a loss, Baxter. Mm. When you go 12 games without a loss and you've got plenty of wins scattered in there, yes, you're the top team in the league. Yeah, I would agree you're with the you hot, At least the hottest league, the most powerful team in the league right now. Yes. And Bradley Wright Phillips, 20 goals again this season after yep. scoring two last week. Second time. He is, that's, that is also another record. Yeah. Uh, if they get their defense straightened out a mm-hmm. bit more... Watch out. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And that's the thing. Jesse Marsh was like, yeah, that's great, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but he was incredibly critical of the fact that they blew their lead again. Yeah, I mean, the first, the last week was against D.C. United, who they yeah. should have beaten, gave up two goals for D.C. Imagine to come back. Imagine if they grabbed six points instead of two out of their last two games. But this last team they, they drew with was Toronto FC, who's yeah. been playing incredibly well. And Josie Altidore, we're talking about Bradley Wright Phillips, Josie Altidore scores two goals in the second half to bring TFC 
even in that game. Yeah. So that's the thing that New York does have to figure out is how do you how do you mark and take down these strong, powerful forwards like mm. a Josie Altidore. Yeah. And no. I can't believe I used that adjective with that name a in the strong, same sentence. Powerful forward <laughs> like Josie Altidore. That just doesn't seem like it matches up exactly. I don't know. But it has been for the last four weeks, so Yeah. No, I would agree with you on that one. It's it's I don't know. It's weird. It's By the weird. way, New England, I, no matter who you are, I can't ignore a three-game winning streak, yeah. which means if Portland wins their next one, we get to put them in our power rankings next week. <laughs> then who do we drop then? Well, if FC Dallas loses, maybe we drop them. Or maybe. if they draw, hey, we'll find out. Exactly. Like people got to tune in next week to find out. Well, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. I remember our power rankings, they come out on Tuesdays. Thursdays, we have our MLS predictions, which are presented by Red Lion Pub. So we've had a fantastic show today. Special thanks to ESPN FC's Jeff Carlisle for joining us. You can go back and listen to this show, of course, anytime on demand by visiting our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. We're going to iTunes and downloading our podcast. Go to iHeartRadio, Vavil USA, Sports Podcasting Network, and, of course, right here on Spreaker.com, where we broadcast Tuesdays and Thursdays live from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. You can find us on Facebook. Just type 2upfront in the search bar. You can find us on Twitter as well, at 2upfrontsoccer. Don't forget that soccer on that uh, on that handle. He's at Baxter Colburn. I am at Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Thank you so much, sir. It's been a pleasure as always, and we will see you and many more back on Thursday, 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. From all of us here at the Attention Era Media Studios, you've been listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub, with our manager being the one above. We are Two Up Front. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'.